1: This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our Morning Making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup free. Fresh brewed coffee free. Diet Coke free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus frosty creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup free when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Or participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on most priced qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. with me again is the Mac Robinson. I was actually trying to convince Mac to be on the show more often and he (laughs) shot me down. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's where we're (laughs)
0: calling me out. Look, it's, it's nothing like crazy. I mean, I I will say this, you know, Josh, you know how my schedule is. I don't want here's the thing. I don't want to come off like an asshole. Okay. I, I really don't. Like I, I'm not some guy who's gonna like big time people like or anything like that. That's not me. That's that's not me. No,
1: Mac like, is big time of me. He's wow, big time. Wow.
0: Wow. Okay. Son of Throwing a bitch. Me under the bus. Wow. That's son of a bitch. Wow. Apparently, my big head over here. Good God. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's start it. We got we got another, we got another victory Monday. Yeah, uh, man.
1: I don't know how you feel. I'm a little disappointed. The Browns obviously won thirty-seven to thirty-four. They're now five and two. The they've just beat the Bengals barely by the skin of their teeth. Who are now one five and one. I came away disappointed. Um, I'm more disappointed with this squeak by than I was with the Steelers blow up. Okay, uh, I think I saw that. I really thought that the the Browns were the far superior team on mm-hmm. every level. Mm-hmm. and i just feel like they didn't do anything um i feel like the offense was very impressive the offense looked good but they came out of the bot block stumbling i don't blame baker yes. me fool for that 100% i thought the play calling was kind of weird too i mean how many goddamn un- end-arounds are we going to do i thought mm-hmm. that, that was kind of weird right mm-hmm. i mean Jarvis Hendricks just got bruised up messed up ribs and then you're going to you're going to hand him the ball <laughs> off i i thought it was just kind of awkward yeah, I feel like the whole offense took a while to start up. And the defense, uh, you know, Olivier Vernon was pretty much non-existent. Other than Miles Garrett, the defensive line as a whole was non-existent. We talked about how important it was for Sheldon Richardson, and Larry Ogujobi to show up, and they really didn't. I didn't really see them a whole making a whole lot of action in the game against a very weak Bengals off to line that was missing three starters. Uh, the defensive backfield, again, was pretty pedestrian. Denzel Ward was lights out as expected, but Terrence Mitchell had that – you know he had his spots where he looked rough, including that drop yeah. interception was right in his hands. Um, You know uh, uh, Kevin Johnson was getting beat like a drum by Tyler Boyd, which is a tough task. But you know I, I don't. I, you know that's your job, Sandejo. Again, I just they, they don't they don't look real great. We already talked about how the linebackers are a weakness. The defense looked rough. The offense kicked it up. The second half, woo! But but that defense, woo! They're bad. Yeah, a,
0: a different and, kind of woo that's more of an uneasy woo um but i mean i will say this i I was for me this was one where you know obviously in in every game you know you're gonna have pros you're gonna have cons but you know in this one for sure i felt like it was a tale of a tale of two between two halves and two sides of the ball you know the offense obviously like you said i mean baker you don't want to start with the interceptions, you know. It, honestly, dude, I would again, love to, I, I again
1: would, the first pass,
0: right? Wow, and and I, I would love to, you know, enjoy a first drive, you know, not just all <laughs> of a sudden have it taken away. Um, mm. but at the same time, you know, seeing the way that Baker was able to rebound from that, I was very encouraged because that was a Baker that oh, was yeah. on 2018, you know, that was the one that was slinging the ball around, and again. I want to reiterate this because I'm sure that there's going to be people that are going to say this, but just because Baker all of a sudden turned it on without Odell on the field does not mean that we need to trade Odell. I just want to go ahead and say, yeah, I I just want to go ahead and throw that out there as a disclaimer, because I'm sure that people will probably take that out of context. But anyway, I will say this with the way that Baker was able to perform in that second half. And, you know, even Jarvis and uh, Richard Higgins talked about it post game. You know, they felt like once they kind of got that first score in that second half, all of a sudden they felt it start to click. And that was the one thing is that I think that now that you see them kind of get this to click, I want to see how they're able to take this game and translate that in the next week. Because out of anything, they show that during that winning streak where, you know, like you said, it started off with a, a slightly disappointing margin of victory against the Bengals yeah. in week two. And then they were able to kind of <laughs> snowball that into a four-game winning streak. So I want to see what they're able to take from that. But on the other side of the ball, you're absolutely right. You know, this defense— yeah, atrocious. I mean, it was an absolute garbage effort. You know, Miles Garrett was Miles Garrett. Two sacks, a strip sack. Like he was he, great. Him yeah. and Denzel Ward were great. Him and Denzel right. Ward were great. Yeah. And that, uh, I, and I mentioned on the po- on my podcast as well. But Denzel Ward's tip pass from AJ Green in the end zone—that yeah. was beautiful. That was beautiful. And especially yeah. too that slide tackle that I saw people kept on bringing up. Too, I thought Long I was the spring. only one who noticed it. Yes. Yeah. He did phenomenal on that. So he looked fantastic. Yes. But. I will say this hopefully next week uh, because you know the starters for this week were Ronnie Harrison and Sendejo uh, for the safeties. Now, hopefully, now you've got Ronnie Harrison kind of rolling. Um, hopefully, with Carl Joseph's kind of slowly kind of coming back in, hopefully, kind of get away from that rotation with him and Sendejo, and then maybe you can get more snaps for Joseph and have that kind of be a crossover for them. But I mean, I, I would say... Carl this,
1: Joseph had his ups and downs too, man. I don't know if... I, I think he's good. I like him, but that's not... You know, we, we let the Cincinnati Bengals with the rookie quarterback and a rookie wide receiver score and no Joe Mixon score 34 freaking points.
0: And you know what I mean? I don't think Carl Joseph's
1: right. going to come in and cure that.
0: No, and that's the thing. I'm not saying it's a cure, but I'm saying that it's at least somewhat of a band-aid because of the fact that, look, let's be honest, we're one safety down because Delpit's been out for the year. Like... If Delpit's out there, we're having a lot more of a different conversation here. Hopefully, you know?
1: hopefully he's that
0: good. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I mean, no. I mean, I would say this: you're not playing guys out of position, like no. when it comes to, when it comes to safety. So if, if he's as
1: good as advertised, yeah.
0: Again, yes. Um, but at, at least you know you have that you have that guy that you can you can play a little bit as that deep safety. Um. Before
1: you, before you move on, the Grant Delpit thing, we talk about him a lot. You, you and I have talked about him a lot on this podcast this last week and this week, and, you know, I, I we keep referring to him like he's the answer, and he very well might might be. I gave him a first-round grade coming out top 15 prospect in my book. I was very excited when, the Browns, when he landed to the Browns. Um, with that said, we don't know what's going to happen, and right. the defensive backfield is straight garbage. So it wouldn't be unwise – if the Browns looked towards the safety position in the NFL draft again, because you don't know what's going to happen. And there are a couple there. It's bad. The defense is bad and they need no, help. And, they and, need and, playmakers.
0: and look, I completely agree. I'm right there with you. I always yeah. say this. I don't think that you see as much of a focus early on as they did this year, but I do think that, you know, you could see that be addressed maybe in the mid rounds um, or possibly again, via free agency, you know, Ronnie Harrison has stepped up and he still has a couple years left on his deal. So I think that for yeah. him, he's somebody that you can kind of stick with, with Delpit as well for yeah. right now, again, kind of having that at least solid foundation uh, to kind of build across with, uh, with the youth there. Um, but I will say that I, I think that this is a chance for them to kind of add some players in free agency. I know Jared Mueller of the OBR mentioned on Twitter, but you know, this past off season, what did Andrew Barry do? He focused on, Addressing the tight end position, which I mean honestly, Harrison Bryant showed that you know phenomenal. they've addressed it. Yeah, they've addressed it. It's done. Like yeah. between he's that and Toku, yeah, he's been phenomenal. And, and even without Hooper out there, but Hooper's still done his job. Like yes, Hooper hasn't had to be that main pass catcher. Including- Harrison
1: Bryant was great. Now I, I can't I can't preach that. I thought Harrison Bryant was a steal when we got him as late as we did. I don't I, I didn't ever envision him being an All Pro caliber player, but dude, he looked good. Four receptions, fifty six yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was effective as a blocker. He's really stepped up in ways that I didn't really think he could. Um, it, it's pretty wild. That, and to, to give to, – I don't know if you knew this. I did write this down specifically for the pod. That game has the NFL record for most go-ahead go touchdowns in the fourth quarter with five. Really? Yeah. Okay. Bengals, Browns, Bengals, <laughs> Browns, Bengals, browns, browns. Five yeah. times, dude.
0: Okay. Isn't that wild? So, yeah, I- I was gonna say I thought I, I thought I had a lot of work to do in that last quarter, um, <laughs> but but yeah. So that that was that was the thing, man. Is that I think that you know the the fact that Andrew Berry focused and he spent most of his resources allocating to yeah. the tight end position and the offensive line. You know, tight end we we thought could use an upgrade, ended up being the strength of the team at this point now. Yes, and then you look at the offensive line. It was a weakness last year. Baker was looked like a deer in headlights when it came to that offensive line. Did not trust him whatsoever. You know, starting Eric Cush last year and Greg Robinson, who was dealing with Cush on his own. But, you know, with Greg Robinson, now you're flipping that into Jedrick Wills. Uh, you've got Jack Conklin on the right side. Um Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller, once he comes back. And even, you know, Chris Hubbard for, you know, as much as, you know, I I hated him last year. I did not think that he was he's not, not good. good. At- yeah. He's no, not he's not good. So, but he plays.
1: He's he provides great depth. He's a good swing player, and he's right. provided that this year with with Teller's absence. Now there's a huge drop off. There's right. a huge drop off. The Bengals. You didn't notice so much for the Bengals because they're they're not playing their best defensive lineman for some reason. Uh but you, everybody. I think everybody noticed it against the Steelers. That's for damn sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I, the I'm not too worried about the offense. You know, and I think that the offense does miss Chubb more than people want to live lead on. Right. you have seen a, a whole thing on Twitter. Running backs don't matter. Running backs don't matter, and everybody talking about how. You have these there's certain portion of Browns Twitter that's above or they think they're above the Browns and their need for Chubb, right? Like, oh, we can just replace it. No, I think that if this proves anything, Chubb is really, really good. Chubb is phenomenal. Kareem Hunt is great. Kareem Hunt was the former NFL rushing champion, had the most yards in the NFL a couple years, just a couple years ago. Very good player. And he sniffed 70 yards. Right. right, and he's very good. He he was I mean, his yardage, his stats do not reflect how impactful he was. Right, he was drag, he was dragging defenders. But Nick Chubb is phenomenal, and this offense does miss that. This offense does miss that. Now, with that said, I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm not worried about that offense because they've shown week in and week out that they're great. The biggest issue with the offense, in my eyes, is the injuries because you got you, had Nick, you have Nick Chubb out. OBJ's out for the season, right? And then also the slow starts. I'm really getting sick of the slow
0: starts, and I don't think it's 100
1: percent Baker. I think that the play calling's a little wishy-washy at the beginning right. of the game.
0: Now, I will also the the main point that I that I was trying to get that I was trying to say as well, because I don't I don't want to make it seem like I was trying to spin it somewhere. So my whole point of this, and Jared Mueller talked about this on Twitter as well, but the fact that that's the focus that Andrew Barry took in the off season and what he was able to do in just one off season give him an off season with that defense now and have him be able to focus on that defense and build that up. Cause a lot of, again, in free agency, it was mainly just one year guys. You know, it was basically just like, okay, we're just going to band-aid this. We're going to come back to this later. We're going to focus on here. We're going to put all of our investments into here. We'll come back to the defense. I want to see what Andrew Barry does in a full off season with the defense and what he's able to do there. But with what you were saying about the offense, you're, you're absolutely right. Because look, People forget about how good Nick Chubb was and is, and not only that too, but you also look at the combines for um for Nick Chubb and then compare that to Kareem Hunt. So, you know, when it comes to Nick Chubb, he ran a four five two forty. Again, the same year that Saquon ran a four four. So barely off of that, comparatively, uh, Kareem Hunt ran a four six two. Well, Kareem Hunt didn't test well. That's one of the reasons why he did fall Right. to the third round with, to the Chiefs, so I don't, I don't, I
1: don't hold the testing. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. We view Kareem Hunt as this uber athlete, this ultra athlete, and the fact is, Nick Nick Chubb basically tests out, tests Kareem, them out, and everything. Th-
0: this is this is my point with it: is that Kareem Hunt, you know, he is a fantastic football player, fantastic running back. It's I'm great. not saying that, but Nick Chubb is that with the athleticism to top that. And that's what I think is people are missing. Obviously, Kareem Hunt was a rushing champion for a for a damn reason. Yeah, he's He's a damn good player. And he's a, great, he's a great pass catching back out of the backfield as well. But again, Nick Chubb takes that, and then he adds that athleticism to add that extra boost. I yes. thought that was missing yesterday, where Kareem Hunt was able to hit the hole, and he was able to break off a couple tacklers, maybe get 11 yards. I think Nick Chubb is able to hit that hole and not only break off the tackler, but also add on another 10 yards on top of that with the additional burst that he has.
1: It's hard, it's hard for me to, to envision the difference Because I do think it's a very small difference between the two, but I I do think in tandem they work. I just feel like he they, the offense is missing something with him out there, right? And I don't really, I don't know what the, I don't know what the statistical impact of that would be. Now, I would tell you if, if it was going from Nick Chubb to Dearness Johnson, I would be with you 100. Every yeah. every time Dearness Johnson would bust a 10 year run, I would say, oh, Chubb would take that to the house because there's a huge difference between those two running backs. But right. between Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, it's, I don't, I don't know what that difference is. I just know that the difference is noticeable. Um, we talked about OBJ being injured. Obviously he got hurt on the interception, the first play of the game, tore his ACL out for the season. We talked about how there's a, you know, a bunch of people on Twitter saying that Baker's going to be better off without OBJ. I'm with you. I disagree. I don't think that I, you know, they're talking about how there was oh, Baker Mayfield was a different beast when OBJ was out. Does baker feel a burden to feed the ball to obj that is something that does deserve exploring with that said that doesn't mean you get rid Mm. of that per that player that's stupid you don't get rid of him because he's such a star that you feel like you want to look at him every other play right? right you just deal with it you deal with that that's something baker has to grow into and i don't even know if that's the issue I think that Baker just found his groove. Baker, we've seen him have good games. It's not, you know what I mean? Now, he does have the franchise record now for most completions in a row (laughs) of 20, right? So it was a little bit of an outlier, but we've seen him be, uh, you know, I've called him the most accurate quarterback in the NFL for a reason. We've seen it. So Mm. I don't necessarily know that – I don't think there's any kind of – I think people are overreacting. I mean, what was it, two weeks ago, OBJ ran – rough <laughs> shot over the Dallas Cowboys and everybody was talking about how great he was. Yeah. It's just, it's such a, it's such a emotional it, diverse yeah. fan base, you know?
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's very wishy washy um, when it comes to him, especially. And I know he's a polarizing figure just because of the name and everything like that, but I don't know if I would liken it to feeling the pressure to force feed, you know, Beckham, but I, I would say this. I think that, You know, you heard Jarvis and Odell talk about it near the end of last year, where when they were having their quote-unquote outbursts and they were freaking out on the sideline, it was because they were basically feeling like, hey, I can make plays. Let me make plays. Let me help you win. I think Baker was recognizing the fact that, hey, these are the best playmakers that I got. If you notice, 2018, a lot of times he was trying to throw the ball over to Jarvis. Jarvis might not have had as big of games. That's why you might have seen a little bit more for from Rashard Higgins where Baker also had that familiarity. But, you know, for Odell, again, you saw him trying to make those big plays, trying to take those deep shots with him. And, again, yes. it was the same thing yesterday, was trying to throw that where it's a 50-50 ball for Odell. Again, it, if you're the quarterback, you're hoping to go ahead and just throw that up there because you feel like Odell is going to win those nine times out of ten. But at the same time, you know, maybe now with Baker not necessarily th- having to force, again, I don't mean to say force feed, but I can't really think of any other word right now because he's your top playmaker. Again, look at what Kyler Murray is doing with DeAndre Hopkins right now. Are we calling it force feeding? There's a tendency there,
1: and that, and, that, and I think it's unfair if if there is any kind, if he's feeling any kind of burden to feed OBJ the the ball, that's something that he has to work out. Right. within himself within the locker room you can't get rid of a guy for that because newsflash right he's always going to have a stronger relationship with one of his receivers whether it's higgins whether it's landry i mean if you get rid of obj let's say let's say that the browns do get rid of obj okay well then now this receiving core is lacking a, an element of speed right because like you said obj is really good going deep is he the is he a blazing got a blazing 40 time No, nah, not necessarily but he he does he brings that layer to the receiving core that none right. of maybe diving people's Jones who we didn't see create a whole lot of separation while at Michigan. So they're probably going to dip back in to the wide receiver. While well at the draft and what do you think? This is just going to go away where Baker's going to stop trying to take those opportunities. It's just like, that's right. It's gotta be worked out. It's gotta be meshed together. We're only a week seven. I don't, you know, and, and <laughs> right. they're, again, they're winning games. It's an issue. It's an issue. I don't want to act like this team is perfect, but they are five and two. And Beckham's had great games and Baker's right. had great games and they've had great games together. If I were, if I was, if, if I'm, when I, and, I, and I am a Browns fan, I am more concerned about the fact that Joe Burrow, a rookie quarterback, had 400 passing yards and threw for three touchdowns. Uh, you know, we let the Bengals score 34 points without Joe Mixon. And no, right. only, the only thing people seem to be talking about is the Baker Mayfield OBJ connection. Right. I mean, Olivier Verner was gone, nowhere to be found. That right. defense backfield, we talked about and, it. They're terrible. And you know
0: what? I will say this, it goes hand in hand, because this was my thought in the middle of the game yesterday, and I, I know I said it to some of my colleagues up there at, at the station, on uh, nine two three 3 the fan, but you know, for me, I, I had mentioned the fact that, you know, looking at the Steelers' defense last week, and where they were able to succeed... It was that their defensive backs had a good enough plan, and they were able to execute that, covering the receivers for long enough to be able to have their defensive line go ahead and, and get to the quarterback. The Browns' defensive line was not able to get off their blocks, and the cornerbacks were not able to cover. So it was a bad combination of both, where, like you said, the defense, it's terrible. It's bad. There's no way around it. There's been injuries, yeah. but that's it's inexcusable. Olivier Vernon has to step up. He has to show why he's been paid.
1: The injuries and, haven't been that damning. The right. offense is still with more with worse injuries than the defense. Right. And the def- and the offense looks fine, and, not fine, but the uh, the offense looks it, much it's better. It's
0: encouraging. Encouraging. Yeah, the defense it, looks like garbage. They don't. What? They Delpit, who we haven't seen take an NFL snap yet. Delpit, you've been dealing with greedy at the same time too. But even still, he he's not even proven. Um, uh, yeah, I don't really. You know what? What are the what are the injuries that
1: are causing them to suck? Is I guess is what I'm missing. Right. No, I I hear it, but th-
0: this is this is the one thing that I will. S- this is the one thing that I will say, and I noticed it especially in the fourth quarter, but basically it was, I had the same level of of rage that I did with the Greg Williams defense. And I, and the one game I always go back to is against the Green Bay Packers where it's Brett Hundley. And again, Brett Hundley, and Josh, you'll remember this because this was our first year with, with Wire, but <laughs> it was the 0-16 year. And for whatever reason, Brett Hundley, Greg Williams had Jabril Peppers playing in the Muni lot. And then he Mm -hmm. had the, he had the cornerbacks sitting back another 10 yards. It is third down and two, and you're having your cornerbacks play off 10 yards. How yep. are you not jamming them at the line and hoping to go ahead and at least knock the pass down? At least getting the guys in the same zip code. That was my issue. Was that Joe Burrow was getting a lot of dink and dunk passes? They were finding soft spots in the zone, and not only that, Burrow has shown the ability to be mobile. He doesn't do it often, but he's still athletic. I this, Sean. Right, and, and you yeah. have to keep that in mind. So why are the, why is there no spy? sitting on him? Why is there nobody kind of keeping an eye on Burrow and all of a sudden he has 15, 20 yards of wide open grass sitting in front of him when the, when the defensive ends overcommit. that's my, that was my thing was that, you know, you don't have some of these guys that are sticking back at least, and you're not having any of these guys take away some of those spots in the zone. That was my issue.
1: I I don't know if I would have a spy on Burrow. I mean, I, he just, he was moving. It it felt like, it felt like the only person, it felt like the only person bringing pressure. Was Miles Garrett, and that was an issue. Yes, that that to me that was the biggest issue, and he, he would basically move around the pocket until someone beat, someone got open. Whether they were beating Terrence Mitchell or Kevin Johnson or Sudejo, someone was getting open. But we uh, again, the Browns did win thirty seven thirty four. We move on to this week. They're playing the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. The Raiders are now three and three. They lost to the Buccaneers in a brutal 45-20 game. The spread on the game is three points the browns are actually favored but we're gonna get your take on that in a little bit this game is interesting to me i think it's another game where the browns are clearly the better team i do think that the raiders are better than the bangles but not by much i think that the browns can really take advantage of this uh but there are a couple things that we need to watch out for that score 45 to 20 it's a little misleading the raiders had it within three points in the fourth quarter, and then the def- their pitiful defense let the Buccaneers score three straight touchdowns. Um, there's no pass rush on that defense. That defense is, is – uh, there's really not a whole lot going on with that defense. I do think that they have some linebackers that can flow to the ball pretty well. They have that quiet, quiet Kowski. Um, Corey Littleton flows really well. they got a couple mm-hmm. guys that can flow really well in the linebacker core, uh, but it's nothing that really scares me. Um, the offense, though, the Raiders' offense – has had games where they've looked really good. Uh, Henry Ruggs had a didn't have any targets last week, but Derek Carr's maybe having his best year. He looks absolutely fantastic. He's dishing them. Uh, he was, what was he? Uh, he threw for two hundred eighty-four yards last week and two touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar seems to be finding his groove with the Raiders, so I do think that their offense is a little bit of a threat. We let Joe Burrow, who's a rookie, throw for four hundred. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't blow my mind if Derek Carr had the same kind of day. Um, but where are you at with this? What are you, what are you seeing?
0: You know, for me, I, I look at this and, and I will say this. Henry Ruggs was my number one receiver this year when it, when it came to the rookies. I love Henry Ruggs. He takes Ruggs. the top off. He and, takes and the top off. And that is my biggest concern because especially, you know, Denzel Ward better be on him this week because, yeah. again, and even then, you know, between him and his speed down the field, again, Nelson Aguilar, you mentioned All of a sudden, he looks fantastic. I'm sure Philly fans are pissed off with the way the receivers have been this year uh, he's for He's looked them. much better. Yeah, he's looked much better. And then the one big concern that I have in this game, or I should say two, one uh, in the passing game is Darren Waller. Because the Browns notoriously cannot cover the tight end and have never, as long as I have been a Browns fan, have never been able to cover the tight end well. Um, so I, I'm very concerned when it comes to Darren Waller in this game, obviously six catches, 50 yards and a touchdown, uh, against Tampa Bay. Um, but then the other one that I have a concern about is, uh, Josh Jacobs. I know that there was some, I, I think that there was some injury with him. He uh, is Jalen, in- Jalen was the leading rusher for the Raiders
1: this last week. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the status of Josh Jacobs is currently. I'm, I'm thinking that he's probably not going to play though.
0: Mm-hmm. I, 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 I was going to say this, if, if he does play, that's my big concern. Cause again, we talked about it where, you know, it, without Joe Mixon, you know, that entire offense still look damn good. I think that if Josh Jacobs yeah. is out there, he's going to be able to feast on this defense. I think he's a damn good running back. Um, You know, I, 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 I kind of dabble with, I, I understand what you were saying with the, the running backs don't matter. Because I know a lot of people would talk about that. Hey, I didn't say that. Other people. I know, you don't. That. I know yes. you don't. I know you don't. Yeah. I know you don't. I'm not throwing I you. I'm not... <laughs> Clip that. Um, <laughs> but uh, pause. But anyway, so um, you know, for for me, the way I look at it is it's a team by team basis. You know, the Browns are showing that it can be successful. You know, still having that running attack, but also having a balance with their passing game. So I think that you know, with Josh Jacobs being there and now. You have those weapons on the outside. You have Henry Ruggs. Obviously, Aguilar's playing well. You still have Brian Edwards out there as well. Um, you know, He's hurt. Oh, I, don't,
1: I, don't, I don't know if Brian Edwards is scheduled to come back this week. I know he missed the last game. Their top three receivers are Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Renfro, uh, Henry Ruggs, and obviously, as you said, Darren Waller. That's kind of what we're looking at. But Ren- Renfro has been very consistent. Aglor is at that, that tall. I think is basically take taken the place of Brian Edwards, what his role was early in mm-hmm. the year, and he's actually done better than what Brian right. Edwards was doing.
0: well, mm. I, I will also add this too, and you also can mention this with uh, Jeff Rizdin, our our editor over at Brownswire. Um, But when I was down at the senior bowl with them, Hunter Renfro was down there and uh, I believe he awarded him (laughs) with most likely to be your gym coach um, based on his physique. uh, Yeah, because it looks like the most average athletic ability, but somehow some way
1: he is average.
0: Yeah, he he catches everything. I don't know how by by the grace of God, he's able to snag every ball that comes his way. Um, but again, you know, Hunter Renfro dangerous player, and especially like you said, Kevin Johnson had some issues when it came to Tyler Boyd. Um, that'd be another Well, um, Tyler, Boyd a, Tyler Boyd is a Tyler Boyd is a straight a, athlete, a, right? So, but the, I think the biggest problem with the
1: Raiders offense is that Derek Carr is he's understanding how to distribute to, to those guys. Those guys may not be great individually, but the sum of their parts is pretty damn impressive. When Derek Carr is dishing it out, I think he's having—I mean, he's having the best year of his career, statistically speaking. I think his QBR has been the ninety—I think it's been in the nineties the last few few games. Uh, I mean, he's just—he's been—I don't want to say he's been playing flawless ball because he's still throwing up a couple picks a game, but mm-hmm. he does what he has to do and he knows what to do with it when he needs to do it. The offense hasn't really been the Raiders issue lately and i mean like i said their linebackers are 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 okay i i I think that the key is going to have to be that they're gonna have to slow down the raiders passing game and they're also going to have to throw on the Raiders. The Raiders are not having, they, they have no success as, a, as a, with the pass rush. I mean, Tom Brady's a statue, and they got zero sacks on them. They haven't been lighting up the, the, the box score. Max Crosby and Claylin Farrell have been basically non existent. Those linebackers are very good. They flow the ball, uh, but I think they're better against the run than they are against the pass. So that's, I'm thinking Baker should be in for another big game here.
0: Yeah, you know, I tend to agree. And I will say this too. Because Baker and Higgins talked about it post-game. The fact that that chemistry, it never left. You know, yeah. it, it, obviously something happened last year. I don't know what it was, but there was something that happened between Higgins and that coaching staff. And obviously this year showed that, at least in this past game, showed that success. Showed it in the, pa- in the couple games that he played so far. And now that he's getting that consistent playing time with OBJ out, I think that you're going to start to see a little bit more of the big games out of Rashard Higgins this year. And I, I think that for him and Baker, I think that chemistry, it, it's just like that, man. They just pick it up. And uh, I know Higgins, and obviously I'm not as smooth as Higgins, so I can't, uh, I can't say it as clean as he did. But basically <laughs> he said um, uh, something along the lines of the fact that, you know, him and Baker, you know, it's like wine. It's like wine poured in a cup. Smooth.
1: He said that?
0: Yeah, said that. it's
1: so lame. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, come on,
0: man. You don't like that? Well, maybe I don't. Maybe it's maybe
1: it did sound better coming out of his mouth, Mac. I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't do it justice. I I clearly <laughs> do not do it justice. I saw I dude. I uh, have. I apologize. I apologize.
1: I don't know. I don't know what Higgins' deal is. I don't know if he's a bad practice player. I don't know what the situation is, but he always seems to find himself in the doghouse every now and again. But he is a playmaker. He was all I had him. I remember his tape when he was a junior at Colorado State, and and the guy he just he. Just racks I up you the stats, man. football. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Oh
0: <laughs> no. Hell yeah. That.
1: <laughs> I got his autograph. I got his autograph on a Colorado State Rams helmet for that very reason.
0: <laughs> oh, but yeah,
1: I I let's let's jump to the spread. We didn't we didn't have to make our picks yet. Yeah. As I said, the Browns are favored by three points. They were favored by for those that remember, they were favored by three and a half by the by the uh, over the the Bengals and obviously they didn't, they did not cover. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns this week, dude. I haven't put any money on it yet, but that three points. The Browns are the Browns if they can clean up their defense. They just got to make a slight improvement, finding that pass rush, get some pressure on Derek Carr. Like you said, Josh Jacob's been hurt, Brian Edwards has been hurt. I, I think that this game cleans up nicely for the Browns to cover in a big way. I think that this could be another game where they really show people what they're made of.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I I tend to agree with you. I will say this. I am so nervous about the fact that I picked the Browns' cover last week and failed that miserably. Uh, we both did. We right, both did. Right. I mean, they still won though. Right. I mean, hey, I'm not mad about the win. I'm yeah. not mad about the win. I'm mad about the cover. That's all. But, I mean, hey, that's how betting goes. Uh, but out of anything, um, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Browns end up covering this, covering this, and they, they're going to end up getting the win. Um, I think that the defense is going to be able to show enough and be able to do enough to slow down that offense. And I think that Baker's going to step up in a big way for the most part. I think that Higgins could have a big day. And, you know, I also think that, you know, Diamond Peoples Jones might mix in a little bit, not necessarily be the major threat that everybody wants him to be after making three catches in his first three catches of his career. But I think he's going to be enough. He's going to make enough plays to, you know, create an impact and, you know, stretch that field a little bit. See, I think Harrison Bryant is gonna be the dude. I, I think yeah,
1: he looked he looked really good. He's been looking really good. The spotlight's finally on him a little bit more because Austin Hooper injury. Uh, Harrison Bryant looks like he's about to break out. I don't know how big. I'm gonna dive. I'm gonna try to dive into a little bit more of his tape. Uh, but, I mean, as you know, he he had big-time potential at FAU. Mackey, award winner, All-American. You know, if he would have went to a Power 5 school, only God knows how high he would have been drafted. He just couldn't right. walk. And he's been doing that with the Browns. So I think the sky is the limit with him. Again, that might be a little premature because I haven't really dug into his tape as much as I'd like to. But if I had to put my money on which rookie's going to, you know, bang it out first, it'd be Harrison Bryant.
0: Yeah, you know, I would tend to agree, honestly. I think that Bryant... I mean, even in game one, you know, a lot like from yeah. the jump, he's really just. They, been seem, alike. Yeah. they seem alike. Yeah, I seem like because they, they shove them out there fast. They shove them out there early. Right. And, and that was the thing. I wasn't sure how long it would take for them to kind of get him in the mix. But for him to be in the mix from day one and not only not only look the part, but really kind of show that that learning curve isn't really that steep for him, at least this year. You know, so I, I think that he's really impressed me. Um, and, and I do think that, you know, he's somebody, like you said, he's somebody of the rookies that I think could make a huge impact, especially now that Odell is hurt.
1: Yeah, I, like, I, I completely agree with you. And as a reminder, our friends at Playball Inc. are going to have a lot of these Browns at a private signing in November. Check out their Facebook page at Playball Inc. They opened up a brand new store in Toledo where, again, they're holding a private sign- signing for Kareem Hunt. Harrison Bryant, all five of the Browns off to linemen including Mac uh, Mac Wilson and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So make sure you check all those out. I think the most expensive guy is 30 bucks. Jedrick Wills is 30 bucks, but you get a Harrison Bryant autograph for 29 bucks and they go as low as 20 bucks with Mac Wilson uh, and Porter Gustin. So there you go. Everybody, all right. everybody check out their Facebook page for the more specific pricing and dates.
0: And Jedrick will, great, great guy, very nice, very soft spoken, totally like, dude, very dude.
1: Thirty bucks for a first round pick's autograph?
0: That That's ain't steal, bad, man. dude. That, that That's ain't bad steal. at all, bro.
1: I'm gonna get. I want to I'm gonna get Porter Gustin. I want. I want him to give me a little inscription called Captain Pecks. Give him a little Peck nickname because <laughs> he's got those Greek. He got that body of a Greek god, bro. <laughs>
0: But all right, this was the Browns podcast. Mac, did you have anything to add before we uh, bounce out? No, I mean, uh, you know, latest episode of my podcast, the Hurry Up podcast, is available on all podcasting platforms. You guys can check it out there. You guys can check it out on Twitter, at the Hurry, at hurry Up Podcast. Follow me on Twitter as well, at MacRobinson95. And, yeah, that's about all I got. All right, follow me on Twitter, at JoshKeeley16.
1: Make sure you give us a like, review, and follow. Hit us up with any questions. We'd be more than happy to answer them next week uh, or answer them directly. Our betting episode is going to come out in a couple days. i got Donovan James joining us. Donovan James is a fantasy football, college football extraordinaire. And I am pumped to share my results from last week. So you have to look forward to that. This is the Browns Wire, and we are out.
0: 作为父母,我们尽己所能在这场疫情中保证孩子们的安全 现在,我们有了确保他们更安全的最佳工具 California 19 Department of Public Health为你提供